Governor Brian Kemp has just announced... While we all agree that wearing a mask is effective, I'm confident that Georgians don't need a mandate to do the right thing. I know that Georgians can rise to this challenge, and they will. Yesterday, Kemp filed a lawsuit to try to stop Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms from enforcing the city's face mask rule. She tells CBS this morning... It's very clear that the governor is putting politics over people, and I joined several mayors across our state um, who will continue to enforce our mask mandate. Miami Mayor Francis Suarez says he's considering shutting his city down again. If something is not done to dramatically alter our course, we could be in a, a more dire situation than we were in. Ships at the port of Miami will stay there for a while. The CDC is extending a no-sail order for cruises through September. The world's largest manufacturer of N95 masks says it's investigated 4,000 reports of fraud, counterfeiting, and price gouging in this country. 3M has filed 18 lawsuits, issued six temporary restraining orders, and four preliminary injunctions to stop unlawful sales. Democratic officials have a message for the party faithful. CBS's Ed O'Keefe. Representatives for the Democratic National Convention in recent days have told lawmakers and other party leaders that they should not plan to come to Milwaukee in August. Joe Biden is still scheduled to speak, along with his yet-to-be-announced VP nominee. All other events will be held virtually. New protections for rideshare passengers and drivers. Your next trip could look a bit different. Lyft is rising to the occasion, distributing about 60,000 vehicle partition shields to its most active drivers. The company already requires passengers and drivers to wear a mask and gives out sanitizing products during the trips. Less active drivers will be able to purchase the barriers later this month for about 50 bucks. Lisa Mateo, CBS News. Alex Trebek's been holding up bouquet during the pandemic, he says he's continued with treatment for his stage 4 pancreatic cancer. It is paying off, though it does fatigue me a great deal. My numbers are good. I'm feeling great. He has a new goatee and says he's been recording introductions from home for vintage episodes that begin airing next week of Jeopardy, of course. Lots of people building homes last month. Construction jumped more than 17%. The states opened back up. S&P futures are up 17, Dow futures ahead 107. This is CBS News. CBS News Radio is your home for breaking news. With our team of reporters around the country and the world, we give you the coverage you can trust. For streaming, creating, gaming, and more, power your passions for less during Dell's exceptional cyber savings event. Enjoy up to $400 off stunning laptops like the XPS, along with high-performance desktops and next-level Alienware systems. Redefining what's possible with 10th Gen Intel Core processors. Shop special prices on top-brand electronics and accessories. Plus, enjoy free shipping on everything. Don't forget to ask for Intel when you call 800-BUY-DELL. That's 800-BUY-DELL. <laughs> Nature Valley sweet and salty bars are just as crunchy and creamy on the lawn chair as they are at the lookout, as delicious on your porch as they are at the park. So enjoy a Nature Valley sweet and salty bar wherever you are. I'm Bruce Fabrizio, inventor of Simple Green, the iconic cleaning formula known around the globe. Try a Simple Green product today, and if you're not 100% satisfied, I'll refund your money. Visit us at simplegreen.com. Simple Green! A civil rights leader in the South has died. Vivian has died of natural causes in Atlanta at the age of 95. Vivian worked alongside the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. and later led the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. His civil rights work spanned six decades and included organizing the Freedom Rides to integrate buses across the South. It was Vivian's bold challenge of a segregationist sheriff while trying to register black voters in Selma, Alabama that sparked hundreds, then thousands, to march across the Edmund Pettus Bridge. Jim CBS News. A bad look for a former beauty queen, 2014's Miss Kentucky, Ramsey Beth Ann Beers, has been sentenced to two years in prison. The 29-year-old admitted to exchanging sexual photos with a teenage student when she was working as a teacher in West Virginia. Terms of her punishment include registering as a sex offender for life. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. Balance of nature is fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. I've always been a health nut, and I've been taking the balance of nature, and I do feel better. 
I feel a lot stronger now, and in fact, I'm starting to do a little bit of exercises. I find that I have more energy, and I just have a feeling of well-being. I tell everyone about this. Some people feel it right away. Some people don't, but don't give up. Keep at it, and you will feel better. Don't wait to see what getting over 10 servings of whole fruits and vegetables every day can do for you. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 800-246-8751. That's 800-246-8751. Or by going to balanceofnature.com and make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code FRUITS. Do you have foot pain? Foot pain is not normal regardless of your age or job. Podiatric physicians are the most qualified doctors to care for your feet and can provide important foot care solutions or shoe inserts to better manage foot pain. Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association podiatric physicians are located throughout the state and are dedicated to providing the highest quality foot and ankle care. We've been serving the profession and the public for over 100 years. To find a member of the Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association near you, visit associationsadvanceohio.com. Hey, it's Randy. We'll talk about the comeback of the Bronco, driving a tank, and a musical about stock cars. That's AutoSmarts Friday afternoon at 106 on 970 WATH and 97.1 FM. I am a veteran. I lost both lakes in Vietnam. As America's veterans face challenges, DOV is there. My victory was getting my benefits and a good education. DOV helps veterans of every generation get the benefits they've earned. I'm a veteran. I didn't want to admit it, but I have PTSD. So veterans can reach victories, great and small. My victory was finding help and learning that I wasn't alone. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Hi, I'm Sky Hope, and during this pandemic, Precision Imprint is still in business, and they're printing masks. Precision Imprint can take care of all your screen printing and embroidery needs, and they also have t-shirts for employee identification and business promotion. They've been printing locally in Athens, Ohio since 1988 and remain committed to this community. Call for an appointment at 740-592-5916 or email precisionimprint at gmail.com. You can also visit their website at precisionimprint.com. Personnel Plus is still the one at matching qualified and reliable employees with local businesses. If you need good employees, contact Personal Plus at 740-592-3416 or drop by the Employment Options Office located in the Market on State. Personnel Plus. We are local, we are nonprofit, and we are community. Personnel Plus is the employment service of the Athens County Board of DB. service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. Well, we wrap up another week. not sure it's necessarily on a high note. You know, when you have a staff of 30 or so people, obviously you got a lot of different opinions, concerns, attitudes, approaches, whatever you want to call it. Then you add to it, uh, you know, the COVID thing, the coronavirus, and it uh, makes for some interesting uh, things. You know, some people are saying, well, I want to do my show from home. Well, yeah, but there's some sort of engagement with the audience that uh, I feel you can achieve better if you're here. And um, also, I mean, we have um, multiple operations here. I mean, most obviously, WATH and WXTQ, two facilities. And we all sort of, when we're here, tend to help each other rather than just 
the station we're engaged with at that moment. So anyway, we're, we're, we're working our way through it to the best of our ability. And some people are more uh, nervous, more scared uh, than others. I mean, we I think we're cautious. We have beaucoup supplies now of sanitizers in uh, I don't know what you call it, wipes that are treated with, um, you know, fluids that, that uh, are supposed to uh, knock this thing down if it's even present. Uh, face masks, uh, some people choose to wear them. Um, I, I find it difficult to talk through one, and I don't, I hear that my voice isn't just right. So when I'm at the mic, I'm not wearing one. We also have um, aerosol sprays that we can use to treat the microphone surfaces. And uh, I don't know, all this stuff, right? And um, we don't have visitors. You've heard us in the last few months doing all of our uh, interviews via telephone. And, you know, it's, uh, it is, I must tell you, as an interviewer, it's always nice to be where you have eye contact also. And you can watch body motions and, and you know what I mean. And you, it's easier to interview when you have the full sense of the person you're interviewing. I, I guess that makes sense. But anyway, we're doing our best, and uh, I know you folks appreciate it. And, uh, you know, we are, by definition, government um, essential service. Can you imagine, for example, Going through this without the radio or television connection. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm not talking about just entertainment and keeping you from dwelling on it because you're listening to a good song at that moment but or something like that. But I'm talking about the real factual information. Hence, an essential service. It's been that way since this business was formed up a hundred years ago. And um, speaking of which, November 2nd will be the 100th anniversary of radio. And uh, we are engaged, as well as a number of other stations, in a campaign to celebrate that, which will get underway here just Really, a few days from now, the very earliest parts of it will get going. So, well, forgive my uh, comments, if you will. I'm um, a little bit... Uh, you know, every one of us reacts differently to what we're going through. Uh, it's, it's been extremely difficult for me. Uh, my wife can attest to that. It's so difficult not to be able to go and hug your grandkids. But um, my daughter and son and their spouses uh, are being extremely cautious. And, um, you know, it's not just me. It's also Barb, my first wife. Um, I mean, it, it's it's not just me. So, I mean, that's, I get it. 
But on the other hand, I sure miss the interaction I've had with my grandkids. Well, um, let's just do the basics, and then I've got a whole new thing to do, and Scott's, I'm going to ask for Scott's help and maybe even the Dave machines. We'll see how it goes here. First of all, uh, as we often say, today is Friday. It's July 17th, the 199th day of this year, 2020. There are now. 167 days left in this calendar year. The highlight in history that's picked out this time around, July 17, 1944, during World War II, 320 men, two-thirds of them African Americans, were killed when a pair of ammunition ships exploded at the Port Chicago Naval Magazine out uh, in, in California. The um, there, there are probably, let's see here, that what would it be, 10? There's probably 30 different incidents on any given day brought up day, with, you know, the day and date and most of them concern death uh, of some kind or another or some calamity. Calamity? Is that, is that a good word? Yeah, we'll go with that. Okay. Um, and so I don't always feel like mentioning that because we've got enough gloom and doom at the moment going yep. on. But I could give you an example like... Um, in 1996, TWA Flight 800, a Europe-bound Boeing 747, exploded and crashed off Long Island, New York, shortly after departing JFK International Airport, killing all 230 people aboard. See, now... Yeah, we'll go with disaster. It's, um, I mean, these are highlights in history. Yep. But uh, I, I rarely, uh, I normally hit the, the, the one they pick out, especially for the day, and leave most of the others alone. This same report has the birthdays. Donald Sutherland, actor, 85. One of my favorites, along with his son, Kiefer. Vern Lundquist. They say sportscaster. Why does that not ring a bell? Oh, great sportscaster from CBS. He does a lot of uh, the SEC games for CBS. Okay. Uh, He also does NCAA March Madness, a lot of those tournaments too. But uh, maybe maybe if I saw him, um, I'd say, oh yeah, okay. But that's just not ringing a bell for me. I'm sorry. Let's see here. Lucy Arnaz is an actress, 69. Uh, David Hasselhoff, another actress, 68. Angela Merkel, the German chancellor, 66. Mark Burnett from TV. Uh, He was a, a television producer. Is, I should say, not was. 60. Actress Nancy Giles, also 60. Mm-hmm. Actor Jason Clark, 51. Movie director F. Gary Gray, 51. Eric Winter, the actor, 44. Mike Vogel, 41. Tom Cullen, 35. All of these actors. Brandon Eaton, 34. Okay, let's just skip down to the end. The youngest person listed is a Leo Howard, an actor who's 23. All right. 
Today is World Emoji Day. Okay, now, I'm betting there's some people in our audience who don't know what an emoji is. I'm not sure I've known about it all that long, just maybe a couple years. <clears throat> an emoji is a graphic symbol, and it can be any number of things. Um, it could be just a picture of a candle. Can be a picture of a face that's smiling or frowning. It's supposed to um, be something you use in the tech in the um, context of textual messages that reflects an emotion. Yes, I think I probably did an okay de uh, definition there. Not bad. It. Uh is in effect various genres uh, gives gives facial expressions common objects mm -hmm. places types of weather plants flowers food people emotions well I have to tell you I probably know. have used an emoji in con conjunction with a text message not even six times in my life and yet, um, they are very popular, and they do have a, a ability to add an emotion to what you're saying. Yeah. Um, it's called an ideogram, which is a written character symbolizing the idea of a thing or emotion without indicating the sounds used to say it. All right, I'll accept that. So it's like uh, just a bit of, uh, I guess you could say, a, for other intents and purposes, a cartoon character. A bit, yeah. Yeah, or an animation type well, of. Most well, they don't generally move too much. But some some of the. Do they? Well, the G yeah, some. I haven't seen those. GIFs move. Okay. Uh, their animation. Well, anyway, um, they can quickly pass along a feeling yep. quicker than a word or a series of words. Um, I see when we get pictures from um, oh, Yelena of our grandkids over there, first wife Barb is quick to respond with a couple of emojis, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. And they, they, they make the point perfectly well. Yeah, they do. All right, let's see. So today is World Emoji Day. It's National Yellow Pig Day. Okay. Uh, <laughs> are, Shall we expand on that one? Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm. Why have you already thought about it? Oh yeah. Okay, do it. It's an annual celebration associated primarily. With the Hampshire College Summer Studies in Mathematics, a summer program in math for talented high school students. We use it as an excuse to gather up five decades of alumni for cake and yellow pig carols. Okay, so you're saying somewhere in this nation there's a college and their moniker is instead of the Bulldogs or the Bobcats, they're the yellow pigs? Yep, they are the fighting yellow pigs. Where is this? Hampshire College. Like New Hampshire? Yeah, yeah. Hampshire College. <laughs> I had no idea. Every year on July 17th. The Yellow Pig Day. Mm-hmm. It uh, honors the special attributes of the number 17 and its significance to mathematics. It's, it's uh, let's move on, National Lottery Day. Have you played the lottery? Oh, yeah. We, we play here at the station. There's a few of us that take up a little collection and play. Yeah, I can see Dave Machine being in charge of that. Uh, he, in, indeed, he is, yes. Uh, I think I've participated in that twice. Um, but otherwise, have I ever purchased a lottery ticket? The answer is no. 
I just, I've never, it's just never become a habit in any way. Uh, I look at it as a donation to the education fund of Ohio, the state of Ohio. Yeah, I mean, this is something that is a fundraiser for good purposes for uh, any state that runs such a thing. Mm Mm-hmm. A lot of those proceeds are... But it also, you know, gives you that um, excitement of maybe winning some purse that would be fun to, to get. So, <laughs> yeah. now, I have twice been given a lottery ticket. Just like someone says, here, I stuck one in your Christmas stock. Yeah. Or something like that. Mm-hmm. The scratch-offs, things like that. And I did win like fifty bucks. Uh oh, on one of them. That's dangerous. Then you start thinking, oh, I did it once, I can do it again. Anyway, National Lottery Day, National Tattoo Day. You have a tattoo? No, I do not. I do not either. Nick has one. I came in this way, and I will go out this way. Tattoo less. Now, certainly this whole tattoo thing has gotten huge in the last 10 or 20 years. Yeah. I have seen, I, I really pay attention to them, is what I'm trying to say. I have seen men. who didn't have a blank spot on their skin. Or at least it appears that way. I have seen some men who I thought, gee, that's not too bad. I'm more interested in women. And I have seen such a variety. And generally speaking... The majority don't grab me. But once in a while, you see something that's really quite cool. Now, the only thing is, I don't know how a tattoo ages. Like, as cool as it looks today, will it look that nice 20 years from now? Not likely. Okay. I've seen some that have not aged well. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll take your word due, for it. Due to uh, Mother Nature's aging of the skin. But uh, National Tattoo Day. Um, plus, it hurts, right? That's uh, what I'm told, okay. yes. I, I went with someone that, that got one one time, yeah. and uh, I was there for hand-squeezing and emotional support, I think. Hmm. Because uh, after it was done, they said, if anyone ever tries to tell you that this does not hurt, do not believe them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. National Peach Ice Cream Day. Nothing wrong with that one. No. National Wrong Way Corrigan Day. What are we getting at there? I'm going to say it's a... um, Is this dealing with a movie? I... I thought it was like a like an aviator, a pilot, or something like that. Okay. Let's see. I just pulled it up here. Douglas Corrigan was an American aviator born in Galveston, Texas. He was nicknamed Wrong Way in 1938 after a transcontinental flight from Long Beach, California to New York City. He flew from Floyd Bennett Field in Brooklyn, New York to Ireland instead, though his flight plan was filed to return to Long Beach. I would say he got just what, a little bit turned around. Was Surely this was... Couldn't have been accidental. Um, a- apparently it was accidental. I can't believe it. <laughs> okay, well anyway, so we know what that is. Yeah. Um, let's see, it's uh, 9.30... But it gave him celebrity status. 
Okay, let's let's uh, deal with a couple pictures here. So, Angela Merkel, United Kingdom, right? Germany. Oh, thank you, Chancellor oh, of yes. Germany. Oh, thank you. Yep. Um, celebrating her sixty-sixth birthday today. David Hasselhoff, the actor. What well, name a show or two? Baywatch. Yes, of course. Celebrating his sixty-eighth birthday. James Cagney, were he alive? This was his birthday, eighteen ninety-nine, the year. By the way, he died in nineteen eighty-six. And a woman that I had the pleasure of working with, uh, I think twice. Phyllis Diller. Oh, that had to be fun. Uh, folks, she was, um, as she appeared on stage, she was in real life. She was just a hoot and a holler. <laughs> uh, Phyllis Diller, born on this date in 1917 and uh, died in 2012. We've got uh, two others we could mention in terms of their death dates. But first of all, let's go to our phones. We have a caller waiting. Good morning. Good morning. Um, you mentioned uh, uh, emojis and tattoos and things like that. And I think you brought up tattoos in the past. I do know personally that um, dermatologists do not like those because if you ever have to raise one off or you have to look for cancer in those skin areas, mm -hmm. It's difficult to do, but we, we had smiley faces before we had those emojis with all kinds of other meanings. Right, um, right. But I, uh, the other thing that I wanted to bring up is the mayor's visit with you folks yesterday. Was it yesterday? Mm hmm um, You're in the same neighborhood that I am in, and you get that those yellow pages in your doorknobs uh, door handles on the front of your house or wherever they put them for you. The FINA organization. The, the, the neighborhood news, yeah. yes. And um, there is a page on the, on the most recent one for, for July that discusses this Athens City plan for our neighborhoods with Paul Logue. Mm -hmm. Have you read that? Yes. I've um, even commented on it. Yeah, t that's 2014. I mean, 2040. That's, we'll be dead by then. Comprehensive no. plan draft. Uh, some aspects are, I mean, it's not that nothing's going to be done till then. Yeah. It's more like, uh, you know, all the projects that they envision could be done by then. Mm -hmm. Who came up with this idea about Grand Park? And, and I listened to you, and somebody has probably misinformed you, but that former super uh, uh, city uh, what's a, uh, service director, public service director, Goldsberry, that was their way before him, before he lived in that house. Right. And there was a reason they didn't put that medium in there. But practically, let's say they do that at your corner, you would lose property. Yeah. And so would the you people with where, the, the yeah, where it runs into. With the uh, small roundabouts, you mean? Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. And originally there was a plan to put that street uh all the way through in 20 Dalton, for example, would not exist today. It would go all the way through there. And there was an empty space, and that was divided up with with uh, uh, the, the folks in the Matthews house and the one there at 20 Dalton, and they split those those lots. That would have come all the way through, all the way out to the uh, circle there on Eden and um, out that way. You know, this was a big farm. That's yes. why you have those apple trees in your backyard. And other people have peach trees, apple trees, and other kind of things that still exist. I, I've lost most all of my... Apple trees. Yeah, and mm -hmm. pear trees. Uh, I still have a small grapevine left, but go ahead. And that was originally a runway, airport runway. Did you know that? Uh, no. And... Because we used to have an airport, you know. Wh where are you saying you used to of be East State, East State, you know, the, a lot of that where those big stores are and stuff. That oh, was I was here then. It? I actually flew a plane in and out of here. Mm -hmm. 
And I know you don't want to ever have to move, so I wouldn't worry about it if... Because, you know, that will diminish the value of your your place and other places on Grand Park, I think. There was a reason. And there's also a lot of uh, city uh, piping under the middle of that street. Yes. Well, uh, I'm not... You know, I, I happen to think... That there There's some people on Grand Park who think the median strip will really make uh, create a lot of havoc. And Only for the big semis that come in. <laughs> they come down there by mistake, they yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I, I happen to be one who thinks if you had some short ones here and there, mm-hmm. that it would probably beautify the area and maybe even improve properties. Um, as far as the micro roundabouts at various intersections where people are not slowing down, and stopping at a stop sign and then moving on. Um, so this is a safety thing. Uh, I, I I think that the those intersections are so small it would it, it would bother people on the corners with their land. And I, I just really think the question needs to be maybe a photographic camera catching people not doing things right. I was just going to suggest that. Okay. We have drones now out at beaches and places like that in big cities where people are running around without their tops on and, and, and not social distancing. Well, that's and, okay. Well, well, <laughs> and they're ticketing them in various places where these beach places are. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, we've gone a little bit too far, have we not, as a... Uh, I don't know. As a, as, a, as, a, as a system, now we're going to act like we're all these other countries with... You're, you're caught on tape, and you're, you know, um, no, I'm if saying they run around nude. It didn't, buy, wouldn't. I mean, you know, to get a ticket for our neighborhood has undergone a change. All neighborhoods go through changes every, I don't know, ten, fifteen years. Mm-hmm. So what I'm getting at is, it used to be an older. Um, now we have a lot of younger families, and there's children. Mm-hmm. Um, and whenever there's children, you have to add additional safety measures and enforce them. And right now, you know, the city of our size with, uh, what, three squads, uh, three, three squads, three uh, patrol cars on duty at any given moment, you can't, you can't patrol the entire city with just that. So they have signs saying you're going too fast. Uh, that electronically are measuring you. Like on these state. Well, yeah, but couldn't a version of that also be put on in some dangerous intersections within communities? And for that matter, take a snapshot of your f- license plate. And, and I don't know what's re- allowed and what's not, but I'm just thinking out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be a way to get people to obey the rules. That's all. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. Cause okay. People do tend to ignore a lot of things, and, and it, we put that bicycle lane in, on East State, and you see lots of uh, comments in the local paper that will say, I haven't seen a bicycle on there. You know, it's that kind of thing. But, well, uh, I you have. know, we, we make decisions, and we're supposed to be a democratic uh, society, and not so sure that we're, we're just even with this uh, mask thing. No one has yet, in my mind, or seen in writing, an actual definition of what a mask is. You could put a brown bag on your head and cut holes in it. What would they? Well, it's a it's a mask. Well, um, <laughs> I, I I think I've heard fabric and that bandana, anything like that. So well, okay. you'd have to read the ordinance to the to the listeners okay. because nobody has has any real except the people who, who developed it. And then we may get a governor that comes in, like over there, and what is it, one of those other places on the East Coast that says, Florida, I guess it is, wherever it is. Uh, Georgia, Georgia, it's Georgia. He says, those bans by executive order are no longer in place. Um, I don't know. I think it's just an action of, of the court. I think people are acting pretty dang nutty with this COVID-19. At least we can blame it on that. We don't know what else is out in the atmosphere, but doing weird uh, things to each other and, what have you, but I agree thanks, you. For, thanks for the program, both of you stay safe. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay, continuing on, we have two famous deaths to uh, talk about. One is uh, easier to know, and that is that of Ty Cobb, baseball player, of course. Um, 
He was born in 1886, died in 1961 on this date. Now, Nicholas II, I assume this is a Russian czar of some kind? Uh, sure sounds like it. Will. See, see what you got. Nicholas II, he died on this date in 1918. Nicholas II of Russia, former emperor of all Russia, known uh, as known in the Russian Orthodox Church as Saint Nicholas the Passion Bearer was the last emperor of all that's A L L Russia ruling from uh, November of 1894 until his forced abdication on March 15th 1917 all right he died 1 year later approximately okay folks um Let's try something different. First of all, this first part is not different. As you know, since this whole thing started up, uh, see, on and about uh, February 5th, I think I started keeping track of the COVID cases in four different categories. The world, the United States, the state of Ohio, and Athens. So uh, these figures are always 24 hours old, or 20 anyway. Yeah. Because for the most part, they they all come out at 2 p.m. Eastern time. So worldwide, um, as of yesterday, 13 million. 575,040 cases. Uh, that is 0.174%. So it's basically two-tenths of a percent of the population. Of those... 4% died, 4.3% died. That's 584,000. And at this point, 56% have recovered. That would be uh, almost 7.6 million people. So that's the world. Now let's go to our nation. And... I have another report that I've never brought in here before, but we're going to look at it. In fact, I just designed it yesterday. Okay. Um, why did I mention that? Doesn't matter. Okay, so in the United States, as of yesterday, three and a half million cases. 138,000 deaths. A little over a million have recovered. <coughs> Excuse me. The death rate worldwide, 4.3%. The death rate in the U.S., 3.9%. Ohio. Yeah, we got to do it. O-H-I-O. Okay. Um, let me get my lines just right. Okay. We have had 70,601 cases as of yesterday afternoon. 1,290 were new yesterday. That's six-tenths of one percent of our state's population. Uh, by the way, last I was able to find a figure for this, it said that 16 percent were health care workers. I've asked the guy that heads up um, our emergency squads and everything for the county. EMS? Yeah. Uh, to come in and be on our show next week. 
Well, we do it via telephone, I guess. Just to talk about this sort of thing. Okay. The county's emergency yeah. management system. Yeah. Okay. Um, but let's go on here. But uh, last I knew, 16% of these cases in Ohio were healthcare workers. Now, of the cases here, of the active cases, 3.2% are in ICU, intensive care. 10% are not. They're in another part of the hospital. Almost 14%, just shy of 14%, are recovering at their homes. And of the total cases, 29% have recovered and are at home. And then, of course, the, the figure we always look at, death rate. We're up to 3,103. That represents 4.4% of the cases. Athens, and of course there's been um, some raised eyebrows recently because our numbers have been jumping some. Oh, yes. Um, okay, so in Athens, uh, as of yesterday, 234 cases. The day before, 220. The day before that, 201. Okay. Now, 234 cases yesterday. Not, not just yesterday, but I mean since this thing began. Mm -hmm. uh, of those, 176 are considered active. 57 are considered recovered, and one, as we recall from early on, had passed, died. Now, I blend these figures together and do a projection, and so if yesterday Athens had been the same as our state as a whole, we should have 402 cases. Yesterday it was 395, the day before that 387, the day before that 381. But as of yesterday, 402 cases would make Athens the same as the state as a whole. So that's the report I've given you several times. Almost, we, almost we, daily. Yeah, we've been hearing, too, that Athens County is uh, considered a level three of the uh, five levels now. Mm -hmm. And we are now considered a red county, according to the growth rate of cases that is spreading. And uh, getting close to the purple level with the rate that these cases are appearing now. LSU. Yeah. Hey, speaking of football, uh, we just hear, uh, heard where the Bobcats' first game has been canceled because of the opponent being in the MEAC Conference, North Carolina Central, I believe it is. Uh, the MEAC has canceled all fall sports, which means they will not be traveling to Athens for the Bobcats' home opener. And fall sports are being pushed back, I do believe, because of that to uh, start the uh, reflection to start when football season starts, uh, the, uh, the second week of the traditional season, what the schedule yeah. was anyway. So there will be no I, home opener at this point. Yeah. You know, there, there still may be <laughs> – who knows? We don't I know. I got a call from – we don't know if there's going to be football or not. I don't think there will be, but I, again, I hope I'm wrong. I got a call from my the the head of marketing for 
Ohio Athletics yesterday. I think it was yesterday. If not yesterday, the day before. Anyway, we had a nice conversation. He was saying, you know, with the social distancing and everything, people that are accustomed to sitting up in the tower section or in the, uh, he named some other name, um, you're not going to be necessarily where you've been all along. We're going to spread you all out. So he wanted to know like what was most important to me about being at the game mm-hmm. so that he could try to take that into consideration. And it was a very good call. I mean, I appreciate the the tremendous mess they're confronted with. Um, and then, you know, after they go to all this work, is it going to happen? And, you know, does a team dare just play two games? Um, if that's all they're left with? Yeah, that's quite the possibility. You know, everything's on the table right now. It's um, it's really quite a mess. Yeah, so... Well, let's get back to this other thing. Yeah, the, the first game has been canceled. Um, right now, the home opener stands to be uh, Saturday, September 12th. Excuse me, not the home opener. The first game for the Bobcats when they travel to uh, Boston College on the 12th. And then the home opener now is scheduled to be the 19th versus the Thundering Herd from Marshall. Okay. <clears throat> so yesterday, I'm trying to think what inspired me to do this, but somewhere I saw a chart that talked about the world. Now, I've traveled some. Am I an uh, experienced world traveler? By no means. So, like, you can name a country, and I may not really know where it is, okay? So, the first thing I did was I decided I was going to pull every nation there was. So I'm running my computer live in front of me. This is not printed paper this time. How many countries do you believe there are? Oh, I... Now, this could be wrong by a couple, but generally speaking. 500? No, 248. (laughs) Okay. I would say half of them I've never heard of. Okay, now let's uh, let's go by uh, population, okay? So I'll highlight that one. And I go to, uh, let's see, I'm in Excel here, folks, so bear with me. So I go to sort, and then I expand, yes. And then from largest to smallest, go. Okay, so worldwide. We've talked about this. You got 7.6 billion people. What is the largest country in terms of population? China? You're very close. First comes India. Then comes China. What comes next? Uh, U.S. Yes. United States. Okay, so, but, but the, you know, India and China are huge. So, India has 1.353 billion. 
China has 1.339 billion. The United States, coming in third, has 328 million. So, huge jump. Okay, now, next largest to the United States. I would not have known this. Indonesia. Then Pakistan. Then Brazil. Then Nigeria, Bangladesh, Russia. Russia comes in uh, 10th largest. Then Japan, Mexico, Ethiopia, the Philippines, Egypt, Vietnam, the Congo, coming in 18th, Germany. I'm talking about population size. Then Turkey, then Iran, then Thailand. France, 22nd. The United Kingdom, 23rd. Italy, 24th. You get the point, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just so many countries that you thought maybe were bigger than they are, I guess. I just never had really stopped to look this stuff over. Okay, so, and then, um, it's interesting to see um, how some places that you have heard about have tiny populations. So, 200 and, what did I say, 286 Nations, no, two hundred and forty-eight. Forty-eight. Um, now, coronavirus. Okay. So let's do confirmed cases. So I do this column, and I say sort, and expand, and largest to smallest. So, worldwide, and we had this figure earlier today. Oh, there's only a minute and a half left. Well, I'm sorry, folks. Anyway, 13,382,000 cases. Um, I don't think I did this right. Something didn't work. Um... Let's do cases per 1 million. So sort. And the clock is ticking. And now we do that. <laughs> okay, I, I think I have this right now. Okay, so... Uh, India has uh, the most cases per population, followed by China. The United States comes in third. Then Pakistan, I'm sorry, then Indonesia, Pakistan, Brazil, Nigeria, Bangladesh, and so on. We're out of time, folks. Um... Well, I meant to get this done. We'll do it uh, maybe on Monday. I'll keep this up to date. Have a marvelous weekend out there, won't you? And uh, stay safe. Yeah, going right? to be hot this weekend. Wear those masks. In our 70th year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. FM's. This is CBS News on the Hour, sponsored by Rocket Mortgage.
I'm Deborah Rodriguez. A masked debate heats up as the U.S. deals with a new record jump in coronavirus cases. In the South, the burning question is whether to force people to cover up. Georgia Governor Brian Kemp is urging all residents to wear a mask for a month to fight COVID-19. And while we all agree that wearing a mask is effective, I'm confident that Georgians don't need a mandate to do the right thing. The Republican governor has sued the city of Atlanta over its mask mandate. It's very clear that the governor is putting politics over people. Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms spoke on CBS this morning. Jim Crisula, CBS News. The governors of Arkansas and Colorado have imposed new statewide mask mandates. There is none in Florida. Miami's mayor says he's considering closing businesses again because of a spike in cases in his city where cruise ships are stuck at port through the end of September. Senior travel advisor Peter Greenberg. U.S.-based cruise lines had been required by the CDC order to submit detailed plans for suggested new protocols and redesign of their ship's public areas, ventilation systems, and food preparation and service areas. But to date, the CDC has not responded or approved of any of those plans. In New York, Governor Cuomo is concerned about crowding at restaurants and bars, so they won't be allowed to sell drinks anymore without a side of food. New on Matthew Bagley's pub menu in Saratoga Springs. Cuomo chips. I mean, why not? They're his chips. It's his rule, so he might as well get some recognition and acknowledgement for another little hurdle that we have to jump through as business owners. He's selling them for a buck a bowl. Just days after Washington's NFL team announced it was finally dropping the name Redskins, it's been hit with allegations of sexual